three, two, one. Well, hey guys, what is happening? You are listening to In the Meantime with Timmy Ricks. And, uh, you know, I am leaning into the giftings and the callings I feel like I have. It's this idea of just like, hey, I feel like I'm at my best when I'm helping inspire people, encourage them, pour into them, because that's how I get fueled. And so that's what this is all about with my podcast and any type of speaking, any type of mentoring I'm doing. That's what it's all about. And uh, we're going to get into it today. Because, I mean, just when I look around, there's something that I see, something that I notice, where a lot of people just feel stuck. Maybe they're not miserable. Maybe they're not depressed. They don't have the worst lives. They just feel like, man, there's a direction they could start moving, and they don't know where that direction is. And they want to start moving somewhere, right? Uh, I've said it before, but uh, one quote that I really like is that progress equals happiness. Our goal isn't just to be happy. It's to have a whole fulfilling healthy life. But I mean, yeah, I'd love to sprinkle some happiness in there. And so I do believe that when we're moving forward, taking the right steps, that's where we can feel some of that fulfillment, right? Also, uh, just specifically for me, I work a lot with young men, right? 18 to 35 year olds, uh, mainly because I am one. uh, So I have some experience in what they're going through. But one of the things that I see that like strong, healthy, young men with a lot of potential are feeling this maybe more than ever feeling this feeling of like, man, like I'm nervous. I might take the wrong step or I'm nervous where to pour in some of my, uh, abilities. Like I don't want to miss out on my potential. Right. And so I don't think that's just a young man problem. I think that's a problem that a lot of people face and are trying to figure out. And so I am going to talk today about the six components of in the meantime. All right. Uh, I think our life can be boiled into six components, right? So uh, you can call them buckets or categories or whatever, but I've kind of landed on this idea of like your whole life is is six different kind of components that come together. And in the meantime, is the space between where we are and where we hope to be. That's why I've named my podcast that. That's why I've kind of am trying to build a little brand around it, right? It's a phrase that we've all heard and we're all used to and we we hear get thrown around. And a lot of times people use it kind of as a filler statement, basically saying and alluding to the fact that there's somewhere they're heading, but there's going to be some dead space in between the next event, the next meeting or whatever. So it's like, well, in the meantime, you know, I really believe it's the place where the mundane lives and it's kind of that really not so sexy part of life. And uh, usually it's the place where we are trying to orient and figure out maybe what our next moves are going to be. So I would say because of that, there is actually very little value placed on the in the meantime of life, because a lot of times it just feels like a space that we're trying to get through. And that's why I've landed so much on, hey, I think this is where life happens, so we need to pay attention to it, right? So ironically, I think it's some of the most important space of time that we have in our life. It's where we make daily, tiny, microscopic decisions that lead to, I believe, huge differences over time. So it's easy for me to avoid this space because I'm such a big picture guy. That's kind of why I'm trying to lean into it all the more, right? I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary. And for most of my life, my default setting has been to just overlook the meantime 
of life. And essentially, I came to this place where I realized that, hey, this vision I have for my life, these dreams and these goals and this hope for uh, the future that I want for my life would only become the outcome of valuing the space that exists within the meantime, okay? So in a sense, it reminds me of a quote from Pastor Craig Rochelle. And he says this, average people do occasionally what successful people do consistently. So obviously the definition of success there must be understood from the foundation of having a healthy whole life, right? It's not just Ferraris. It's not just mansions and yachts and things like that. But it's just in general, I want all six components of my life to be successful, right? And so it's the everyday moments and it's the practices in which we cultivate that create the type of fulfilling, joyful, peaceful life we've been called to, and I think that everybody desires. Just look around, it's what people want, right? So today, I'm starting the series covering the six components, and I want to start with number one component, which is spiritual health. So this might be completely new to you. You might go through your entire life without ever thinking about spiritual things because it might just sound kind of weird or wonky, or you've seen a lot of people kind of abuse it or whatever, right? But I believe that, man, Unless I'm anchored in spiritual health, my other components can't be healthy. So I have a motto that I've been living from, and I've talked about it in the recent episodes, and it's this, lean into grace and produce with excellence. Lean into grace and produce with excellence. It's the belief that our entire life is the outcome of what we produce. I just don't think there's a way around it, right? Your current relationships your physical health, your financial situation, your work, your mental state exist as it does because of the way you have been producing. There's just no way around it. The quicker we can accept the responsibility and accountability, the quicker we can begin to shift and transform some of our current realities, if that's what we desire, right? Like maybe you listen to this and you're like, dude, I'm good where I'm at. Then I probably would say, I'm just not the guy for you. You know, like I'm talking about growth. I'm talking about steps of purpose. Like, and maybe I'm just not your sauce, right? And that's okay. I'm not, not going to be everybody's, right? Um, but instead we want to start, if you are someone that wants to kind of change your life for the better, we have to take responsibility and accountability. I love this quote uh, from John Mackey. He was a, is an American classical music composer. And he says, the right actions undertaken for the right reasons generally lead to good outcomes over time. Okay. Let me say it one more time. The right actions undertaken for the right reasons generally lead to good outcomes over time. I believe the true can be said in reverse. That poor actions undertaken generally lead to poor outcomes over time, all right? Our actions dictate our outcomes. You reap what you sow. You collect a harvest in the fall from what you plant in the spring. It's literally wisdom that is as old as time. It's all over scripture, yet we can choose to ignore it. We say that hurtful thing. We mail it in at work. We lack practices that lead to a healthy mindset and so on. And then we're like, man, why is my life the way it is? And what happens is we can start playing the blame game and and it's everybody else's fault. And I'm like, I just don't think it is. I think to begin to change our life on the outside, we've got to first start by changing our life on the inside. So if our goal is to lead and live a fulfilling, healthy, and whole life, There's no way around avoiding the actions and practices that make that possible. So the six components, real quick, are comprised of our spiritual practices, our mental practices, physical practices, relational practices, 
financial practices, and vocational practices. I believe that every single one of these is related. Like you can't disconnect it. It's not just one, you know, you can be great at money, but like if you're not good at relationships, you're not mentally healthy, like it's just not going to matter, right? So the health of one of them is going to be in cahoots with the health of the others. So for me, my anchor is the spiritual component. If I don't have the appropriate practices taking place in this components, I see that the others suffer. So I want to talk about spirituality because, man, I'm going to be honest, um, I'm not just talking about rubbing crystals together, aligning with the stars or other kind of euphoric things like that. And I think when you hear spirituality, we only think like metaphysical, right? Like, or even weird stuff. And again, I think there is so much weird talk around spirituality that I don't really know how to address like all of it. I just know how to address what I know. So for me, spirituality is far more practical than a lot of that stuff. It's not just about emotional highs. It's not just about getting chicken skin and goosebumps, right? Like we're not just chasing those moments. The foundation of my spirituality is simply this. And there's a step of faith that this takes. So let me just share it with you. I believe that to know God, we have to look no further than Jesus. That the incarnation, right? That word meaning God putting on skin and bone and moving into the neighborhood is how he demonstrated to us his character. The life, ministry, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, it's my spiritual compass. And now I believe that the spirit of Jesus exists within the world. So I'll stop right there and just say, yes, it takes a step of faith. There, that is a crazy belief. And sometimes it is wild. And there are times where I say, God, I, man, I don't know. I don't know if I can believe it today, right? But I'm reminded of this one song that I love so much by John Foreman, who's the, the, the lead singer for Switchfoot. And he has a song out there that says, I don't know if I believe it, but I just keep falling more in love with you. And I would say that's exactly kind of where I find myself sometimes. So there is a metaphysical attribute to spirituality for sure, a step of faith. But the whole point is that it directs and guides and restores our physical world. A lot of times I hear good-meaning Christians say things like, I know the goal is to pursue Jesus over everything. And they say it in real breathy tones, right? And I'm just like, let me push back a little bit. Our compass should actually be pointed in the direction of pursuing Jesus in everything. It doesn't mean everything is good and everything is right, but but how does Jesus want to be involved in each of those spaces, right? So that's why our spiritual component, it comes first for me, because from that foundation, I then seek out ways for my spirit, my relationship with Jesus to be the lens in which I address my relationship with my mindset, my physical body, my relationships, finances, and vocation. My spiritual life doesn't fit into some separate category. That's what's happened for a lot of years for a lot of people within the church. Like they've got their church life, they've got their work life, and then so on, right? It's like for me, that's just not the case. Rather, all the components comprised together come to one category called my life. Like I can't avoid all six of these components. So any spiritual practice I have, whether it's reading scripture, meditation and prayer, listening to worship music, being a part of a small group, attending a church, all the things that you're going to be told to do if you go to church. It doesn't exist just so I can check a box to feel like I have reached some sort of spiritual prowess, right? But instead, it's to look for the ways in which Jesus can continue to direct my life in becoming more like him, 
All right. So we're still on the topic of spirituality. And what I just said can be kind of a churchy thing to say. So what does it even mean to say, I want to become more like Jesus? Well, the early Christians weren't known as Christians, actually. They were known as people of the way. That means that Jesus met people where they were, and he helped teach, preach, and model a better way of life. No doubt he was God, and he handled sin, and, and he went to the cross, and all that. But he also was teaching a lifestyle to be lived. And that's his desire for all of us as well. The way of Jesus isn't one of fear, anxiety, and stress, but rather righteousness, peace, and joy. I don't know about you, but that is 100% the way that I want to live my life. One of the most profound teachings that he ever taught came from when he talks about being yoked with him, right? So yoked, what does that mean? We, we aren't farmers. We're, we're not used to that type of language. But um, back in the day, right, if they had two donkeys or whatever, they, they wanted to get the most efficient work out of them. So they would um, yoke them together. It'd be a big piece of wood that goes over their shoulder blades and allows them to, to walk in sync. It allows them to be more, be more powerful. And so, like, that's the, the, the meaning of yoke, right? Jesus is talking to a group of people that he says, hey, I know you're yoked to Roman law and Jewish law, and it's a heavy yoke, and it's tough to carry. And in fact, as Jewish people specifically, uh, following a rabbi, they literally had language of saying, hey, there's going to be, every rabbi has something to be yoked to. And essentially, it's his expectation of the law, right? His standard of living life. The problem is the Roman expectation and the Jewish leader expectation, it was heavy. It was hard to live into. Most people failed at it. So then Jesus comes back and he says, my yoke, well, it's easy. My burden is light. In fact, I just want you to walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Will there be moments of correction? Sure, but it's not going to feel like it would have felt to these early Christians, right? It's not like Roman correction or Jewish correction. Instead, Jesus is gently, peacefully guiding us the way that we should go. So at this point in my life, I'm almost against even using the word Christian anymore because what does that even mean? It's just a title that we can attach to, right? And titles are for boardrooms and books. I don't want to just have a title over my life. I want a transformed life, one beyond anything I could imagine. So I believe that Jesus offers that as much metaphysically as he does physically. So as I investigate the life of Jesus and my faith in who he is builds, the outcome will be that my life begins to look like his. Just as your life looks similar to your closest friends, the people that you're around the most, you begin to, to look like and talk like and act like, right? And so that's the whole point of following Jesus. It's, it's being in his presence, being around him, learning about him. And, and as we do, what happens is our knowledge can turn to wisdom, right? In every moment, I can start to become more gentle, more kind, more loving, more caring, more disciplined, more thoughtful, because I'm thinking about the way that he thinks. And I'm like, man, how, how do I react in this moment? How does God want me to live my life today, right? So my perspective shifts from just wanting what's best for me to pursuing what's best for others. A lot of times when we talk about spirituality, we think there has to be some crazy defining moment. I think no doubt there's a moment when you might think to yourself, you know, I think there's more to Jesus than meets the eye, but I don't think you need to be waiting for some kind of in-the-clouds moment for you to be able to grow spiritually. Spiritual practices, like some that I listed above, exist to help us grow our faith because the bottom line is that our problem is not that we need to try harder. 
We've been preaching that for years. It doesn't seem to work. But rather the problem is getting to a place where we actually believe that the news is this good, that there is a God in charge of all things, and he desires to be involved in all areas of your life. So what's my job? Well, what is my to-do? What am I trying to produce, right? Because I started this by saying that I think we should lean into grace and produce with excellence. The spiritual component, the only to-do is that you have to step into the practices that put you in the presence of Jesus. He literally tells us that if we stay connected to him, then we produce spiritual fruit. Otherwise, we produce nothing. So I don't try to be a forgiver. I lean into Jesus. I don't try to avoid sin. I don't got to, you know, carve out what sin is, is the ones I need to stay away from, which is worse, right? Like, instead, I lean into Jesus. I don't try to be spiritually obese. I don't need to memorize every book of the Bible. I don't need to have to read it through in three months. Like, I don't have to have a perfect church attendance record. Instead, I want to lean into Jesus. I'm not trying to just be a better spouse. I'm trying to lean in to Jesus. So this is the, probably the hardest and easiest component of all. Hard because it relinquishes control of what we produce, and easiest because it's the only component that produces anything at all by just remaining still and the only one that can produce anything at all. If we focus on this component, then ironically, all the other components begin to transform. When I talk about the other components in the upcoming episodes, it will be impossible for me to talk about them without going back to my spiritual component. So for you in your life, if you desire to produce a healthier, richer spiritual life, maybe you just don't have one at all, my one to-do for you is to just begin investigating the person of Jesus, having conversations about him, listen to people who talk about him, listen to music about him, get around someone that's truly becoming more like him, and you know, are they getting sweeter? Are they getting kinder? Are they becoming more patient? Are they someone that when you're with them, they're not draining you, but they're filling you? Like, well, that's someone becoming more like Jesus. Our soul craves a spiritual connection, and I promise that as we pursue growth in this area, then the other areas of our life will begin to grow and be pruned as well. So I wanted to get this component out there because, again, I just think building a healthier, whole, fulfilling, joyful, peaceful life comes best when our anchor is the spiritual component. When we're recognizing, oh, it's not just emotional highs. It's not just a great worship song in an event. It's my day in and day out life that God wants to be connected to and involved in. And so it's as much physical as it is metaphysical. So if this encouraged you, like always, I would love for you to let me know. Uh, you can leave a review. You can rate it. You can share it. You can tell a friend, right? And uh, I love positive feedback. There's enough negative feedback out there and enough you know, sad things in the world. So your words of encouragement mean a ton to me. So don't, um, don't stop. Don't hold back. If you want to let me know, that would be great. I appreciate that. And like always, you can find me on all the other platforms. I'm actually putting this on YouTube and you know on my podcast channels, Spotify and Apple, iTunes, and whatever it is. So... Yeah, uh, you can stay involved that way. And like always, you can go to my website, timmyriggs.com, where you can sign up for the weekly newsletter. But uh, we got six areas of our life that if we're not paying attention to, if we're not um, intentional with, then even if it's just one that we focus on, the rest of them are going to suffer because they're all connected, right? And I think the best way to uh, help the other five grow is to have a strong anchor in the spiritual component. So... 
In the meantime, God is rooting for you, and so am I. I hope you have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon.